Caution, the Mark Gunger Show contains adult content intended for an adult audience. And, besides that, he's really weird. Welcome to the Mark Gunger Show with international marriage speaker and author of Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage, Mark Gunger. This is your source for practical, down-to-earth marriage advice without all the over-spiritualization or romantic nonsense. And now the host of the Mark Gunger Show, Mark Gunger. crowd goes wild with delirious joy. They've joined the Mark Gunger Show, the show that deals with all things concerning... Marriage. Indeed, I'm your host, the one, the only Mark Gunger. Joining me is always the very lovely and charming Diane Briarly and the amazing Philip James Gunger. That's my new tie. Sporting the tie. Woohoo! Engineering the show is always the very talented but eerily creepy <laughs> Timothy Robert Ray pushing buttons... Twisting knobs and trying to stay awake during this incomprehensibly, immeasurably boring show. This is the show that handles your marital challenges, relational conundrums, and dating dilemmas that you can email to us at ask at markgunger.com. You get to stay totally anonymous. We are very open and direct and at times <laughs> brutally honest. But that's the way the show goes. All right, what do you got there today? Um, a new study finds that the happiest parents are those who have four or more kids. Woohoo! According to the study conducted in Australia. It found parents had the most life satisfaction with larger families. The parents usually say they always wanted a large family, it was planned that way, and that it was a lifestyle they'd chosen. What is important for kids are things like consistency, boundaries, and to know that they are loved no matter what. Researchers initially believed parents with more children would be less happy. But the research concluded... Research concluded that the joy parents get from their children balances out the chaotic family nature than that of a smaller family. The study also revealed that children of larger families are more independent at a younger age and uh, and always have friends. Studies. It's not the first study along this line. No. That people with larger families are actually happier. I have argued for some time just based on uh, anecdotal mm-hmm. reflections. And I used to <laughs> ask people... Has it ever dawned on you? Has anyone else noticed that the most stressed out women in the world tend to be the ones with one kid? Mm-hmm. They are always psycho, stressed out, maxed out. Just ah! It comes a bit with the second, but even they tend to be kind mm-hmm. of wacky. By the time you add the third one, when you hit three or more, there seems to be peace in the valley. The most and and you girls. Girls, guys as well. Look around, like in your community, your friends, your church. Look at the women who have three or more children, and you will notice they tend to be the most relaxed, happy people in your circle. Uh, I think just having one or two is highly stressful. <laughs> I only had two, <laughs> but my, wife, was had, highly my wife had a very difficult time. Uh, but uh, you know, sometimes you don't have a choice, and I get that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But for those of you who can, man, have more babies. It's actually healthier for the family. It's healthier for you as a couple. It's healthier for them as kids. So we certainly uh, appreciate large families. And I the children say, do better. I mean, as adults, people yeah, when they they're do. raised. They, do you know why? Because they have to learn how to share. That's right. 
They've learned how to share. Mm-hmm. When you are a single tap, particularly, and even sometimes, you know, a lot of people have kids, they'll have one, and then, you know, half a dozen years later, the other one. You really basically just have two That's <laughs> only two childs. Nice. Children is what you have. Mm-hmm. They're, everything's about them, about them, about them, about them. And they grow up, and they tend to be very narcissistic people. They have a hard time maintaining relationships, uh, having a hard time staying, getting and staying married. Uh, those who come from large families tend to have very... Uh, healthy families and marriages later because they learn how to share. That's what the researchers think. Mm-hmm. Our little girl loves how all three of her brothers have to share with her. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's more people there to share, share with. To share with. with her. Yes. That's a beautiful thing. To have to share their she stuff with her. Oh, of course. Yeah. When you're the cute yeah. little sister, the, that, you yes. know, it still might be all about you. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, it's just healthier. And in terms of the demographics and, you know, not one person can fix this and you know, when I say what I'm about to say, it's like throwing a rock into the, you know, some, you know, what do you call that big, Arizona, the Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon. What do you call that big hole in the desert? The big desert? hole in the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I went totally blank. Oh, my gosh. The big hole. You mean like in my head. <laughs> I'm like throwing a rock in that big, big, big hole in my head. Yeah. The Grand Canyon is yes. like throwing a rock. But to say this, that Western culture, Christianity in particular, but Western culture as well, is going to just phase out just based on the math. The, there's, we don't have enough children. In Germany, it's a disaster. They, they're so below uh, the replacement rate. That's why, uh, you know, there, uh, some of the leaders, Merkel in particular, is wanting to take in hundreds of thousands of refugees because, in a sense, economically, they need it. They need the workers they're not having enough babies. They're, they, they can't, because right now Germany is the economic powerhouse that drives Europe. And mm. at some point, they're just, they're going to get too old and they're not going to have the skilled labor. And uh, uh, so they're in a bad way. The problem is the only place you can go and get that many um, refugees or people to bring in your country tend to come from Islamic countries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what happens is Islam basically will take over. Uh, Christians have what? On average, 1.8 kids or whatever the numbers, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's uh, just at or below the replacement rate. I think it's a little bit below the replacement rate. And uh, consequently, it's just, and, and then Islamic families have, you know, five, six, seven, eight per family. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, and they know it. Mm-hmm. They'll actually say it. It's just a matter of time before they take over. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might take 50 years, maybe even 100 years, but at some point. Now, people say, well, what we'll do is we'll just convert them all. Yeah, how's that working for us? <laughs> Not going well. I'm telling you, this is this is really bad for culture. It's very mm-hmm. self-centered. I just want my stuff, and I want. I'd rather have a bigger TV than another kid, as if the kids are really that more expensive. All, all that talk about kids being so expensive, mm-hmm. each one after that is is ridiculous. It's a matter of scale. It doesn't cost what they say it costs. Uh, but anyway, as a result, uh, we are really at this point living in the final. I mean, it probably won't happen. In, I'm sure it won't happen in my lifetime. Maybe not even in my son's lifetime, but my grandkids mm-hmm. and their kids. Yeah. Uh, unless something dramatically happens, which is possible, uh, the world's going to look very differently. Oh, All because we just don't want to have children. And even in this country, you know, we often get involved in the, uh, you know, fight in over cultural values politically. You know, and it's a fight worth having. I think you know, uh, and. For decades, you know, leaders in the church have tried to get Christians rallied to vote and all this kind of stuff. And, and it's, just, it's just, you know, there's just a hair trigger. People win elections by like three points. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you got 100 people, you just got to get three more like you that don't like you, and you win. 
You can get eight more. It's a landslide. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very evenly balanced country. Now, stop and think about this. If Christian families would have been encouraged to have just one or two more kids, do you know that today we would dominate America just based on the values that you pass on to your children? America would be much more of a conservative nation than it is today. But we can't be bothered with it. And I've never understood, you know, some of these guys who say, yeah, Christians need to vote, we need to... But they never pushed for encouraging people to have big families. Or they themselves, people looking up to them, they didn't have big families, you know. Uh, So anyway, I just... We're the first generation of Christians that's literally breeding ourselves out of existence because we can't be bothered with it all. I think it's extremely sad. Mm -hmm. So again, there's my rock throwing into the Grand Canyon. There's not enough people that listen to me. And I don't have that much effect of those who do listen to me <laughs> to make much of a difference. But it's just sad. It's just really, really sad. When in point of fact, the most joy and health and everything else comes from larger families. The people who are listening to me right now who have larger families, very small indeed. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just sad. Anyway, there's my rock into the Grand Canyon. We'll be back with your emails right after this. Mark Gunger. Yeah, we've got an app for that. Download your free Mark Gunger app today. Hi, I want to talk to those of you who have teenagers about to graduate from high school in a year or two, or if you are a teenager, I want your attention for a minute. Pay attention. Class, pay attention. Uh, Oftentimes in our culture, the way it's set, as soon as you're done with high school, zoom, we send you off into college. And sadly, according to virtually all studies, uh, most of our kids, as high as 80%, which is quite stunning, of the kids who were raised in our churches, went through our entire program, by the first or second year of college, they're totally blown away in their faith. They don't believe anything anymore. How does that happen? I'll tell you how it happens, because we're assuming they're really getting this, really sealed into them, when in fact they're not. They're living off, by and large, their parents' faith. And then they go to these youth groups that are, you know, hot dog eating contests and this and that. And, oh, you know, they pray with them and stuff. But it's still, by and large, a lot of it, quite frankly, I have a problem with it, to be honest with you, but let's not get into that. (laughs) A lot of it tends to be more about giving the kids diversions so the parents will be happy. The kids will be happy. They'll still want to come to church. Keep it anyway. End of the day, they're not really living this. Then we send them off to school, or let's say they really are living it. But then this, the, the, Jesus warns us about the cares of this life and the desire for riches and stuff choking the life out of us. What do we do as Christians? Do we tell them, don't worry so much about money? No. You need to worry about money. You got to do everything first. So the first thing, we send them off to college so they can get stuff and get educated so they can get more stuff and stuff. And that blows them away. Many organizations around the country realize this today, and many have instituted what is called a gap year program. We're not the only one. There's several that have been popping up because it doesn't take a rocket science to realize what we're doing is failing. We need to change what we're doing. We are encouraging young people. Consider a gap year program. That means you go somewhere else for one for one scholastic year, and you make a decision. We're going to focus on getting uh, into our faith and about learning life before we go running off to college. Mormons do this all the time, and I know a lot of Mormons watch this, you know, but they're not evangelical Christians. We look at things a little bit differently. But you got to hand it to them, man. They're way more committed to their faith than most evangelical Christians. They take two years. They're all expected to take two years to put God first in their life before they go running off to build their own lives. Evangelical Christians, we can't take nine months. Then we wonder why we have such bad results. So we've started our own gap year program. It's called Transition One, where for nine months, a typical scholastic year, instead of going right from high school into college, 
you do a gap year. You come, we get you to focus on life, putting God first, put you in service opportunities to learn what life is really about. Really get the seal in you before you take it take off into the real world. Check it out. Go to the website, transition1.org, transition1.org. I don't like that clip. It drives me crazy. With a pork chop fried rider. Use leftover meatloaf if you can, but I want a bologna sandwich, man. Some people say that it's not right. Calling me is not polite. But what you want, I've got tonight. Thick slice of bologna fried up nice. So come on! Feed me some bologna. I like that meat that rhymes with Tony. I ain't too high class to eat that mess. I want a bologna sandwich, man. Well, you this is the show of absolute, totally uninhibited bologna. Yeah. <laughs> the music of Jimmy Bradshaw. He's the bologna king. He's the bologna king. <laughs> no, you. Funny song. Oh, I'm the bologna king. You're the bologna king. king. He's the king of singing. I miss bologna. Jimmy. You have to get him to come and visit us. Uh, he would, but he doesn't like you. Oh. I think I think it was you. He finds you very insulting and okay. offensive. Okay, first, are we really? This is only the first email. Oh yeah, this is the first email. It's gonna be a long day. Folks. <laughs> like we just started the show. Forever. Oh my god! Just started the show. We're already sick of it. Right. She has a question about discerning a man's character. Okay, let's talk about that. For a long time now, I believed a good Christian man was one who lived a godly lifestyle uh-huh. and honored purity while dating. Now I've learned that Josh Duggar practiced all these courtship rules, yet turned out to live a double life, and it worries me. Uh-huh. How can a woman discern a man's true character? and not be fooled when he is faking the godly lifestyle. Well, you do your best and pay attention, but people are good liars. If someone's going to lie, do they lie to you? What are you going to do? There's nothing you can do. Some people are good liars. They're very, very good liars. So I should be able to discern that. Okay. You know, I mean, seriously? (laughs) Waterboarding, I've heard, is pretty effective. Waterboarding. We can waterboard them to find out. Who gets upset because Josh Duggar does something? Well, no, because she thought that he was this man of character and that, he turned uh, out to be a scoundrel. Yeah, but you don't know what he was like up close. You this know? is true. All, all you saw was this persona they put on television. <laughs> That's kind of the problem. With, with me. <laughs> <laughs> see, now people see me and they just know immediately I am a wonderful human being. All right? <laughs> no, look, I, I told my church this was yesterday or... Last week, whatever. People say, oh, I love you, Pastor. I say, that's because you don't know me. <laughs> if you really get to know me, I'm a little hard, harder to love. <laughs> because you really get to see people always not at their best and stuff like that. Yeah. You don't know, but you wouldn't have picked up on it. You yeah. know, Maybe if you really knew Josh Duggar, you would have spent time with him thinking, there's something wrong with this guy. Yeah. Okay, but so, you don't know if somebody yeah, so on a be, reality show... Don't be show. panicked and feel that God's not going to be there for you to give you insights because of what you saw on television. You know, those TV things, they're just, you're just always seeing someone cast in a certain light. So do not be stressed about Because maybe Dugger. all the warning signs were there. Maybe. There could have been. I'm just saying, and likely there were. Yes. And I think maybe God would have, the Holy Spirit is supposed to be, is there to help mm-hmm. guide us in the stuff like that. He probably would have picked up on it. Uh, now, people have gotten into relationships with people that mm-hmm. they were stunned later that they were, you know, liars. 
And it's hard to say, you know, were they just not that discerning or was the person that good of a liar, you know? Well, I and mean, sometimes the signs are there, but you're just stupid and you ignore them. And you're ignoring them. It's like, well, them, so. it was just this or it was, yeah. you know, just I, that. Yeah, I tend to think that actually it is more yeah. easy to see than people will admit. Yeah. That's my personal yeah. opinion. Yeah. They're just not looking and they're not paying attention. So fret not if you're a discerning woman and you have a good heart. That stuff, if you're paying attention, it tends to show itself. I, that's what I think. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't get upset about Josh Duggar. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, she says, I am 31 and my boyfriend is 37. I am his first girlfriend he has ever had. Wow, it took him a while. When we first started talking about marriage, he said all of his friends got divorces and his parents are now talking about one too and have been unhappy for some time. So he said he never wanted to get married because there's no such thing as a happy marriage and marriages don't last. Well, we have now been together for 14 months and he said that he would marry me, but he's not ready. Uh How much longer do I wait for him to pop the question? Is he really not ready and just scared from all he has seen and I give him some time, or do I say that he's just stalling and is never really going to ask? By the way, they are living together. They are having sex. All right. So three things. Number one, what he's saying is not true. Now, if he says all his friends have been divorced, here's a guy who's never been on a, had a girlfriend. My guess, he doesn't have many friends. It is a lie that most divor- marriages end in divorce. It is not true. It's not even true that 50% of marriages end in divorce. It's just not true, particularly when you talk about first marriages. Uh, there was a survey that came out earlier this year that said, in point of fact, first marriages have a divorce rate closer to 20% maybe 25 on the high end, and if people of real devout faith, it's closer to 15%. Even people who don't even believe in Jesus, don't have any of the values that you and I might share, uh, it's it's much lower. 75, 80% of people who get married for the first time tend to stay married. Everything else that you've heard is a lie. It's one of these things that you keep saying over and over again, and everybody believes it as, as a fact. You know, there's a lot of things like that. You know, you gotta do this, you gotta do that, and these, these urban myths that are a bunch of nonsense. You gotta... Drink what? Eight ounces of water. Eight ten, glasses. T- ten times a day or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's all none of it's all bogus. There's no evidence of any of that stuff. It's just that people keep saying it over and over again. This idea that everybody ends in divorce is a lie. Your boyfriend is a nimrod. All right. Now if he had all his friends, and we're probably talking two guys. <laughs> if he had a hundred friends and all of them been divorced, highly unlikely. Yes. All right. So it's not true. You need to get that through his head. It's just not true. Look it up. Shante Feldman mm-hmm. is the lady who did the research studies on it. It's just not true. Okay? Uh, that's why everybody, you know, and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yes. And people keep waiting and delaying and not getting married. And I think the devil just sits on laughs that people are so stupid. All he's got to do is convince everybody, half everybody's in a divorce. Mm-hmm. Oh, let's not get divorced. Then more and more people get divorced and, and they don't get married. Mm-hmm. They're all living together and stuff. Okay. So number one, uh, that was, what was number two? She said. She wanted to know. Oh, how long should was, I wait? Yeah. Uh, you should already dump him. Yeah. All right. Here's what you're going to do. She, 14 months? Mm-hmm. Here's what you're going to You're going to date him for five years and then he's going to dump you anyway because he's such a nitwit. And then now you're going to be... 36 years old, and if you do another boy like that, and you're just dinking around, and you finally break up, you're going to be in your 40s. Chances are, even at 36, would you? these girls don't understand that clock is ticking. You know how many of these women cry later because they can't get pregnant, da-da-da-da-da? Or, and I got to tell you, the, just, the truth is, at some point, <laughs> the glow <laughs> fades. 
Age is what it is. Women are the most attractive when they're in their teens and in their 20s. You're now in your 30s. Now you're going to be almost 40. And you're just you're going to have a hard time attracting another guy. Dump his butt. All you girls, you date a guy for one year. If he doesn't put a ring on your finger at the end of that one year and commit to marry you, you dump him. This way, you could dump him. You could date another guy for another year. Now he'd be 32, and then maybe you'd... That falls apart because he won't commit. Then you got another one at 33, 34. You know, you can go through three or four guys before you can finally find someone yeah. who will make it. But they don't do that. They waste yeah. half a decade of their lives with these guys. Yeah. And that's what you're going to wind up doing. So my advice is you immediately dump him. And thirdly, what kind of... Is she a Christian? She said that she is. He is not. Oh, but oh, she okay. Is. First, so there you just got the whole faith thing. You have no business marrying this guy anyway. You shouldn't be screwing the guy. You shouldn't be living with a guy. What part of I'm a devout Christian says, let me take my panties off. Stop. What's the matter with these people? What well, version why... of Christianity is this? She's living... And on top of that, she's pledging her life to a man who has no interest in God. Which the Bible says you should not do. So you are making a big mistake. You're making a big mistake just practically. You're making a big mistake buying into this false narrative that's in our culture that all marriages end in divorce. And most importantly, you are violating your very faith by doing what you're doing. You need to stop and you need to do it today. You call him, you dump him, you break it off. She's 31. Mm -hmm. She's got plenty of time to pull this together if you'll do it right. Otherwise, you're going to be one of these 45-year-old girls who've been divorced already or never can find a boy and all this crazy nonsense. You're going to be mad because your husband doesn't want to, you know, take the kids to church or the doctor's going to tell you you have breast cancer and you got a husband who won't even pray for you because he doesn't even believe in prayer. You're going to be crying your eyes out. You can avoid all that craziness today. Dump him. All right, let's take a break. We'll be back with more right after this. Attend Mark's Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage event. Visit laughyourway.com for upcoming dates and locations. The sky may be dark, black cloud in your life. Your sky may be dark, black cloud in your life. Mark Gunger Show. You're into the music of Jimmy Bradshaw. What do you got? She says, during my husband and my first year of marriage, I would always dress up and look nice for him. But I noticed something as our marriage progressed. Whether I dress up or not, he treats me exactly the same. He's always kind and loving. Noticing this... That's terrible. (laughs) I hate that. What a jerk. No matter matter what I do. No matter what. He treats me kind and loving. I I just... I can't stand people like that. complaining. Will you just let me finish... She says, noticing this, I just stopped trying. And now that we have a little one, I find even less time to look fabulous. Uh My husband and I have been married for two years now. Is this even an issue? Should I try and look my best even if he doesn't even seem to notice? Does he care? Apparently not. Well, then why is she stressing? You know what? (laughs) Apparently, this lady's life is so free of any stress or words or concerns, she has to create one. Let me tell you, if everybody that I looked as good without all of the work that goes into this as I do with all the work, I wouldn't do all this work. But they don't think I look that good. I need to create more stress. (sighs) She 
She sounds like a sweet lady. Mm-hmm. We love you. Relax. <laughs> we jest because we love. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't understand. I mean, if he's good with it, go with it. <laughs> I don't sit around and think. Gee, I wonder if there's something my wife doesn't like about. What I'm doing. <laughs> there's enough things that you know. I know she doesn't like. Well, she, she probably just feels bad because she wants to dress up and look nicer. But... Well, look, dress up and look nice then. Yeah. You can do it just for you. Yeah. If it makes you feel better, then do that. Yeah. It's like you, you don't, you know. But yeah, of course you can't do it as much when you're chasing kids around no. all day. Diane wakes up looking like this. <laughs> don't. Yes. It's just all automatic. <laughs> That's why she gets up at 3 a.m. <laughs> the prep time is a killer. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, she may not feel good about herself because she's yeah. slacking Maybe. off. And just, just, Maybe. You know, and you guys go on some dates. Do something special. Don't or, you feel better? I always feel better when I just get dressed up. and Look, I, when deal. I put on my makeup and get a pretty dress on and stuff, <laughs> I Okay. I feel okay, fabulous. <laughs> it just makes me feel better about me. I but it does me. It does. It does me. I don't well, know sure does. No. Seriously, especially if I put a dress and heels on, I'm in, man. I'm going. Oh, it's nice. I like when my wife gets all dolly. Do it on yes, purpose. Yes. I like getting dressed to the teeth. You know, I like I like going to like some uh, fancy hoity-toity thing where you have to wear a tux. Yes. I love it. I love wearing my tux. We walk you just feel like, different. Like we're a fancy people. <laughs> Hello, I'm the pal. He's a fancy man. I'm very fancy. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> That's not a compliment. I know. <laughs> All right, we'll be back with more insanity right after this. Caution. The Mark Hunger Show contains adult content intended for an adult audience. We sit and watch... We're back on the Mark Gunger Show talking about love, marriage, and relationships. Just thought, had an email with this lady who uh, feels bad because she doesn't get dressed up, although her husband never complains about it. Mm-hmm. We think, well, just relax. But then we thought, well, maybe she just needs to do it just for her own mm-hmm. self and stuff. And I said, it could be, he could be competing with this guy's wife. Yes. Because she's Miss Fashionista. Oh, God. She's always dressed to the nines. And even the kids yeah. are dressed to the nines. Yeah. And that little girl. My granddaughter, that little beautiful angel. That little girl. That little girl, that little angel. Did you, She's see, always, her, did you see her shoes yesterday? Yes. Were they was, sparkly? Oh, my They're wife like bought gold. them for her. Aww. Like gold, gold sparkly Aww. granny. So you know you're spoiling that kid, right? She just grins, yeah. you know. So she's decked out to the nines. Aww. Really, girl, you want to get depressed? Go check out my daughter-in-law's website called what it, Lovelies in loveliesinmylife.com. Is that it? Yes. Loveliesinmylife.com. Uh, curse. If you really want to feel depressed, you want to be depressed. Seriously, look at those pictures. First of all, she's a great photographer. This kid. What the heck? It's the steroids. Steroids. I don't know what it is, but I mean, so she's just. That's what she does. She's yes. in the fashion, and and uh, and then somebody actually gave her money to go to New York <laughs> to go to all these fashion things. Who is that? Be? Some psycho guy was feeding into her narcissism. What was his name? Mark Gung. <laughs> Grogan, Gorgon, something, something with know. a G. So he's a very nice man, whoever this guy Apparently, was. Apparently, to, to send her to do the to, fashion thing. To feed into her addiction. <laughs> but anyway, love sending a fat kid to a bakery. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm sure she had them all. Oh, the pictures show oh, it. Oh, the pictures. Just so lovely in my life. And look at her. She actually, she's on television. Yeah, she does. Locally. Yep. She does fashion stuff. Things. She actually magazine magazine tries papers. to help. She does try to give t- tips and tools on how she to. She does. Here's what really, I do. Really, I think she keeps it up. She's not going to have any friends. Yes. Because all the girls are going to hate her. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> you know, she throws on a pair of jeans You're- and some t-shirt thing. And she's like, but it's oh not my just gosh, a pair of she jeans. looks gorgeous. Because they're the perfect jeans I with a perfect thing over the top. I put a pair of jeans and a t-shirt, and it's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, but it looks so good on Kirsty. It just doesn't translate to me. She's gorgeous. It's not fair. Some people can't. You know, you go to my church, mm-hmm. and whenever we have like guest speakers come in, they take one look at me, and they feel bad right away. Oh, man, I, I didn't know you had to dress up. I said, no, dude, no, it's just you me. Okay, you can go up there in shorts for all I care. He's Mr. Fashionista. But the reason is because I don't do casual very well. Yeah. So, you know, all the hip thing of pastors today is, you know, dress down and look, you know. So, But when I do, I look like a homeless man. Yeah, yeah. You do you dressed know, up better. And that's my problem, too. I really don't do dress down, like wearing the, the workout clothes or the T-shirts. and I don't do that well. It's <laughs> You put me in more dressed up. Did I say something really no. wrong? It reminded me. Have you seen that... Uh, it's like a YouTube clip or something of I think some Australian ladies. They put together this music video called Workout or Athletic Wear. Have you seen that? Thing? No. And the whole thing is about all the things they do in their workout gear. No, I haven't seen it. But I wouldn't do that well. So I don't know. I do better dressed up. I the dressed up thing, I just do better. Yeah, because I'm on television. So I watch myself on television. Yeah. I just, oh, I look horrible. Yeah. It's just so now I said, forget it. So every Sunday morning, I'm dressed to the nines, man. I got the ties and the shoes yeah. and everything. And I'm Blind the only with guy. The sparkle. Huh? Blind them with the sparkle. Blind them yes. with the sparkle because when I look myself on TV, I yeah. look good now. I don't yes. look like a psycho. I just, I don't do casual well. Yes. I look like a homeless man. Who's the homeless guy on the stage? Call security. <laughs> it's the pastor. So, so you come to my church. I am dressed to the nines. I'm probably the only guy in my church. Yeah. Who does that? But it's just because I got to look at myself on TV and I look terrible down. Some people, they look fine. You might want to explain to people why you're holding your iPhone. Oh, he's periscoping. Oh, is that in the shot every time? Yeah. (laughs) It's his heart monitor. I always kind of forget that. Because you look a little odd there. (laughs) He's periscoping. So I'm periscoping. Which means people can actually Mm -hmm. watch the show being taped live. live. Right. And people actually hear us talk about it, then they go online and say, it's not working. It's because it's not live. The show's not live. No, the show's not live, but people are watching if, it live as we tape it. If, you, you can, if you're watching this right now, you're wasting your time. You can't find it because we're not yeah. doing this live. But you can follow me at File G, or how do you <laughs> As like I say, say? Phileg. Phileg, F-I-L-E-G. It's spelled Phileg, okay. But anyway, so they there's people who watch the show breaks, because there's, li- there's like, you know, people who have no lives. Well, because they're watching what goes on in the breaks. For years, they no, want to they know have no what lives, happens. These people. They're sitting around well, watching this is us. true. If you're not in your job right now, you or you're not working. Get to work. Anyway. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> we got fans Neither of like there's there. eight of them. Yeah. As you offend the twelve fans that the we twelve fans that we have. Yeah. So we have knock it off. No, Way to we go. love them. That's what that is. We love them. Yeah. He's periscoping. I All could right. probably get a better setup than like the <laughs> coffee mug, the mug, and the phone. And this big uh, selfie stick. Very professional. The first class, that's how we do things here. Okay, right. next email wants to know, how far can you go before marriage? Our eldest daughter... go home. <laughs> go. Shake hands, go home. 
Okay, listen. That's where you should go. Listen, listen, listen. Our eldest daughters are 14 and 16, so marriage, dating, sex, and such are all part of open conversation with them. Everything I read online about Christian dating says it's wrong for young people to ask how far can we go physically before marriage because apparently that means they want to know how close to sin they can get before they actually cross the line. I don't understand this. My girls and I talk about the line. The line is this. If you don't have it, don't touch it. <laughs> I thought that was quite brilliant, actually. If you don't have it, ah, don't touch it. I like this lady. We also talk about how it can if be you wise. Don't have it. Yeah. You got one of those? Nope. Then don't, don't touch, touch it. it. Well, <laughs> yeah. We also talk. Well, I'll about, just leave it open because there's a bunch of other stuff you could do that will lead you to touching stuff. You well, as long it. as you don't touch but what I you get, don't have. That is a great yeah. saying. Yes. That's awesome. We also talk about how it's not wise to make out and kiss in a private, secluded setting. That sex could actually take place. What are your thoughts on how far on the how far to go question? I almost went there and then I stopped myself. Did you see that? That was good, wasn't it? I had this split second that I almost fed into your. Just so, noise. what are your thoughts on the how far to go question? Move on. Let's go. Uh, no, I, I love what she's saying. Yes. Uh, but here's the other thing. The reason why our young people fail so miserably in this area is primarily because we encourage people to wait so long to get married. People are not wired to wait until they're 30 to have sex or 28 to have sex. Quite frankly, 25 to have sex. I mean, they are screaming right now. They encourage your girls to find some boy and commit to each other. They hit 18, 19, whatever. They find somebody and, and they may not find somebody until they're 42. I don't know. But encourage them. Just get married. You're 18 and you fall in love with this guy and you, of course, they're going to want to touch stuff that they don't got. Yeah. How about you just get married? But when you set this bar that these parents do, well, you can't get married until after you have college and your degrees and your, you know, and your career and your 401k W slash B's and all this other kind of stuff. Well, of course, they're going to just start touching stuff they shouldn't be touching. The reason these kids fail is because they know at some level they can't pull it off. If you let a kid know, hey, you have our permission. You can do all the touching you want if you just marry the kid, uh, and you have our permission. If you find someone that you love and you guys want to do life together, then you, they, they're, it's easier to wait when you know you don't have to wait so long, mm-hmm. is my take on it. And one of the things, too, is that, because uh, I notice about our kids, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, our teenagers, they seem to take life a lot more seriously mm-hmm. than the vast majority of teenagers out there in churches, yes. okay? Because they know what our church teaches. Yes. They know you have the okay from us, from your God, from your family, your church family, to go ahead and get married even though you're very young. So now when they're dating, they're taking it all really seriously. But they think dating is different than the cultural standard Yeah, because of it's not about goofing around right. and making out. Yeah. What they're thinking is, I gotta find I, someone I to ma- marry. No, it's just I could wind up marrying this person. So you take it a lot more seriously. Yeah. You know, if you're goofing around and you think, well, I can't get married until I'm 97 or whatever no. the stupid thing is, and then these you go dating, well, it's just, yeah, going out with this chick and I'm gonna check out her parts, you can check out my parts, parts is parts, you know, and they're making out because they're just goofing around, yeah. they're not taking it seriously. But when you're raised in a culture where you think, you know, uh, I'm talking to this girl, she's uh, 16, I'm 17, and they take it way more seriously mm-hmm. because they know I could wind up marrying this girl. And now when you think in those terms, you actually, you actually tend to take things yeah. slower yeah. because I don't know that I want yeah. to marry this girl. Yeah. You know, let me check this out yeah. and and I, I could marry this boy and that kind of so I just feel a much more sense of maturity in our young people that you see that's far above what I see in other churches. Because mm-hmm. most of the other ones are they're just going, hi, ha, ha, ha. 
then they're out goofing around yeah. and, and just because they're not taking life seriously. Because mom and dad have taught them and their pastors have taught them not to take life seriously because they can't even begin to think about taking life seriously until after they've got their college degrees, they've got their career and everything else. And it creates a, a dangerous situation where the whole dating thing is nothing but playing around. And I don't understand these parents. If you truly believe your kids should not get married until they're 28 or whatever, then why are you encouraging them to date at all? Because they don't think that it's that big of a deal if they go out. What do you and think happens? That state and I don't think that that's a big deal. And that's why we have the problems that we have. They don't think it's if, a big deal. If you truly think, mom and dad, that your children should not marry to the twenty eighth, then tell them, listen, no dating, no dating, no nothing. Don't. Do, and there's people who do that. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of pretty hard to do, but they don't do, because they literally are thinking, I'm just going to work on my career, and then I'll get. And even then, I think that's a problem because. Then you get so self-absorbed. Self-absorbed and stuff like that. They're afraid yeah. of marriage. Yeah, it's just, it's... my personal opinion, you ought to not only just give them permission, I would encourage them. We should encourage our young people to get married young. I'll tell you, every time that we married an 18, 19, 20-year-old, I'm so happy in our church. Because mm-hmm. these are kids who aren't going to be going to bars. They're not going to be looking at porn. They're not going to be, you know, messing around doing all the stuff that they shouldn't be doing. Why? Because they can do whatever they want right now. Mm-hmm. And they can build a life. And you silence that part. There's that part of our culture in churches where these teenagers and young people, their horns just screaming, and the church plays all these stupid games because we're more interested in money than honoring God in our lives. Uh, and, and here's the crazy thing about it. They treat marriage as this, it is the anti-success. That you can't be successful in college if you're married. You can't build a career if you're married. And all that's wrong. Every study shows the exact opposite is true. Mm-hmm. People who are in college who are married do better. People who are married are quicker in building their careers and stuff like that. This idea, I want my kid to succeed financially, so don't get married. What you're saying is marriage is the enemy of success. And it's not true. Right. There's not even stats that would even support that kind of thinking. Anyway, all that to answer that one email. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more emails right after this. Have a marriage dilemma? Email your questions to ask at markgunger.com and Mark can answer them during one of our shows. Let me tell you people, well, I ain't got nothing but the blues. If you have nothing but the blues, you're probably doing the wrong thing. And that's why we're here to give you our opinion of what the right thing is to do. Answering your emails. What do you got? Okay, two emails that are very much the same, so we'll kind of throw them together. The first one says, I've been married for 18 years. Our sex life is always a struggle. Have had numerous arguments with my husband about him watching pornography. When I caught him and he was exposed, he always apologized and had great regret. I thought things between us were great uh, the last year. We've finally been getting a breakthrough in our sex life, but then came across videos on his phone again this morning. I think he is addicted, don't know what to do or how to help him. And the second email says, how can I save my marriage? Because I have two kids, but my husband likes to watch pornography. They do it because you let them. It's just that simple. Look in the mirror. You want to see where your problem is? It's not your husband. The problem's you. You are one of these weak, both of you, and there's millions of you, weak-willed women who just let your husband do this insulting behavior in front of you, and you do nothing. Well, I say it really hurts, and, and it really bothers me. It's just that's all he's hearing. Words don't mean jack in terms of changing a man's behavior. Consequences mean a behavior. What a man does, he re- measures against what he wins or loses as a result. Your husband goes to work for really only one reason. They pay him. If they didn't pay him, he wouldn't go. And if someone offered him more money, he'd probably leave what he's doing now and go work for the other guy. 
There's really not a lot of loyalty in it. <laughs> the rewards is all about reward, win loss situations. Uh, you should kick him out. It's just that simple. You kick him out. He comes home. Uh, you're not there. That's the easiest things that you're not there because otherwise mm-hmm. you got this big conflict situation. Although some women they can take it the stand and you kick him out. Uh, he comes home and he, the doors are locked. Uh, you call the police. <laughs> you won't let him in. Or uh, you just make a big deal out of it. They freak. They freak. The minute he comes home, you're not there. Just go to a spa and spend his money for heaven's sakes. Relax. Get a massage. You know, sit in the steam room. Just chill out. He will come home. You're not there. I promise you, he will freak. He will panic. He'll get on the phone. And every time you see it ring, just let it ring 20, 30 times and finally answer it. Where are you? I told you I wasn't going to stay here if you kept looking at porn. <gasps> oh, I'm sorry. I'll never do it. Okay, you go home. You know what? He's going to do it again because he's going to test you. And the minute he does it again, he, co- he comes home. You're not there. At some point, he stops. Even a dog can be trained. Now, I know you're thinking, oh, gee, I wish you would just do this because uh, I know. I'm sure. You know, that's why you probably should have married another idiot instead of that one. But you married him. That's who you picked, okay? Your problem is you. You let him do it. I promise you, if I'm looking at porn and my wife catches me, it's a short conversation. It's just not going to happen again. Or I come home, she's not there. These women sitting in this room, they would not tolerate it. Most of the women that you know in your lives who have great marriages, ask them. They would never tolerate it. Ask the women that you're What do you do if your husband will get a porn? Are you kidding? I kick him out of the house. They wouldn't tolerate it. You know who tolerates it? All you girls that have husbands that look at porn. You tolerate it. You don't do anything. Oh, you say, and then you come to pass. Oh, Pastor, what can I say to make him stop? You just, you chicks, you're like little witches, you know, because you're. <laughs> They are. You know what witchcraft is? You're like little witches. They're little witches. They're little. I know this is insulting, but hang in there with me. You know what witchcraft is? Witchcraft is trying to find an incantation to say to make somebody do something. I have Newton wing of bat. How dare you say that? I'm so fat. And you come up with your little, and you want to find that's what a witch does. They want to find the right words to control somebody. You little girls, you don't need to be witches. You don't need some incantation. You don't need to listen to me and find out what you can say to make him stop it. There's nothing you can say. Don't waste your words. I know you girls love words, and it's all about love, and you love words. You want to talk about how your words make you feel about the words that should describe this. Stop. It means nothing. Consequences. You want your husband to stop. Now, you girls, you say, some of you don't really want him to stop. You just like to whine. That's what you want. But for those of you who really want him to stop, it's what you do. The minute you tell him, don't you ever do this again, you do this, I, I will leave you. Watch what happens. He'll do it. When he comes home, you're not there. I promise you, he will call you and he will panic. He'll promise never to do it again. You'll come home, he'll do it again. And then you leave, and then he freaks again. And you leave. Pretty soon, the family, everybody knows. Mm. The last thing in the world a man wants anybody to know is that he's ignoring his wife and looking at porn. That would no. be the first thing that I would do. I would make sure that the family knew, that the pastor knew, that the I'd friends knew. I'd call the pastor. I'd call, I absolutely I'd call his mom. Lay it out there and expose say, it. Say, Susie, like I, I want to tell you something that, you know, I, I left, you know. Why? Because John's looking at porn, and, and, and uh, it's very insulting, and I'm not going to talk. You put the heat on him. Everybody would know. He would stop. Oh, well, I can't stop. Yeah, they can. They can all stop. And if you girls would just force the issue, they would all stop. Millions of you girls, Christian women, have husbands who look at porn and insult you and do this embarrassing, bringing this horrible garbage into your home, and you let him do it. It's just that simple. You girls need to get a backbone. You kick him out or, less confrontational, you leave. I'll go with the less confrontational. Mm-hmm. Just leave. He comes home, you're not there. I guarantee you, if this doesn't work, I will give you double your money back that you pay to watch the show. <laughs> Do I promise you, 
you'll save your marriage. And he'll absolutely stop. But he doesn't stop because you let him do it. I know they don't want to hear this. They don't want to hear it, but that's the answer. That's absolutely the answer, and that's all I'm going to tell you about it. We're done. We'll come back with our next segment right after this. Want more of Mark? Visit markgunger.com. There you will find everything that Mark has to offer. Mark Gunger Show, talking about love, marriage, and relationships. Okay, I got to share this because I think it's hilarious. Because I just talked about these women, they want to come up with the right words. You know, I said, this is like witchcraft. You know, I've Newton wing of bat. How dare you say that I'm so fat? Phil said, in this situation, it should have been, I have Newton wing of bat. How dare you sit and play with that? <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. But uh, I don't know what it is about women. They just want the words. They will go to counseling. Mm-hmm. They will ask a pastor. They'll email me. They'll read books. They're looking for the words. What can I say? And I'm telling you, that is, and I know they don't like the witch analogy, but it's the most perfect analogy. Mm-hmm. They are literally looking for a form of witchcraft. They're literally looking for a phrase, a word, something they can say to change behavior in people. That is the definition of witchcraft. That's what they do. They, mm-hmm. they tune into the earth or demons or whatever they want to do, but they use these phrases and incantations to try and get different results in life. That is not your answer. It's not, uh, you know, of course, what they do is they're hoping they can find some scripture or something like that. Mm-hmm. The truth is you, you've got to stop. You've got to confront it. People do what they do to you because you let them. It's just that simple. And there's a huge segment of the female population that has been damaged by our culture who don't know how to do this anymore. It used to be strong women are what saved this country. Uh, I use the analogy in my book about the Wild West. In the, in the uh, late 1800s, early 1900s, all these men went out to the West you know, looking for their you know, fortunes and stuff like that. And they called it the Wild West because they were violent, disgusting men. And there were like no women around. And they were like out of control. Uh, but then just a handful of years later, it had been totally tamed. And every historian credits the women that did it. Because what happened, as soon as the women start showing up, and, and I love these movies because they're very accurate in portraying mm-hmm. it, how the women show up, and all of a sudden these sloppy pig of violent men all of a sudden start cleaning up, and they're dressing and stop their cussing, and slicking down their hair. And stuff, because these girls said, hey, you want this, you stop it. And they saved an entire culture. Strong-willed women who knew who they were and wouldn't tolerate such bad behavior. But today, the female culture has been so damaged by this insane culture that we have that encourages young girls to look like prostitutes and whores and everything else like that and all the music and everything like that. They have so lost their value. Well, and porn has become so mainstream and so oh, and normal. I think they it. really question, is this real wrong? Should I, is it no. really even bad that he's it, doing it? Even if, let's say it's morally okay, mm-hmm. and your wife says... I don't exactly. like the fact that you do that. You stop it. You stop yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And if it costs you, you would stop it. Yeah. What these girls don't realize is that they aren't Costing. making them pay a price for it. Uh, and the price, very simply, is you move out and you tell your pastor and your friends, his friends, his mom, his brothers and sisters, what's happening. I moved out. Why? He's looking at porn and I've, it's insulting. You know, and even if they say, well, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, I don't care what they say. But most people, they, the guy will be mortified. No, man. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had the money, I'd take out a billboard. 
you flog it in say. private, I'm going to flog you in public. <laughs> <laughs> At least he said it on the air this time. <laughs> I, would, I would put up a big sign. Uh, I moved out because my husband's looking at porn. <laughs> yep. Here's his name. <laughs> You know, I'm telling you. Oh, I have zero tolerance for it. Ugh. Well, the women who have zero tolerance don't have the problem. The women who, they, there's no way this happens in our home. They don't have the problem. It's all you girls who've lost your confidence because you've been damaged by the culture. That, In that sense, it's not your fault. But you have to understand, he's doing it because you let him. You need to get a clue. You need to grow up. You need to become strong. And he will stop. All right, we'll be back after. No, we'll no. be back later from another show next week. <laughs> See ya. Bye, bye, boys. Have fun storming the castle.